You are entering an intriguing journey with spiritual lifestyle experts Keith and Charmé Amber, where you'll end up more at home with yourself, your behavior, and your understanding of life. Mastering Ourselves offers sound answers to life's tough questions so that life can make more sense to you and healthy directions become clearer. Keith and Charmé bring you over 80 years of seasoned experience. They pursue truth and insights that are neither left nor right, but spiritually sound and centered, and can be used as a spiritual compass to help you on your path. Welcome to Mastering Ourselves. Imagine what it would be like if you had a job that you spent your time around people on their deathbed. Boy. Some people would find that terribly depressing. Others would find it incredibly rich. Which would you be? <laughs> the uh, folks that are dying are actually bridging two worlds. They're bridging the world that you and I know, and they're bridging the world that you and I dream about. Where they were and where they're going to. Yes. Interesting world. If you could suspend your limiting beliefs, it would be a rich, rich world where you would be educated about many, many things uh, relating to this plane and the plane to which these folks are going. That was the challenge on Dr. John Lerma's lap when he took on this job of working with people in hospice. It was sort of a question of, am I going to let my uh, beliefs, my scientific mind own me, or am I going to open up to, you know, what's being presented to me here by these people lying on their deathbed? To the wisdom of John, Johnny Lerma, he decided that maybe these people had something to say, and boy, has he learned a lot. The book is called Into the Light. Real life stories about angelic visits, visions of the afterlife, and other pre-death experiences. Would you welcome to the show Dr. Johnny Lerma. How you doing, Johnny? I am okay. It's nice to be back with you all. Thank it's, you for having me. It's our pleasure. Say, does it sadden your heart to be around those who are dying? Not anymore. <laughs> not, not anymore. <laughs> Good answer. I, I, I am. I am sad for the families uh, that do survive the process that aren't ready for it and uh, that's a big part of where uh, I'm changing now my movement is to educate people about what I've learned so uh, that we don't ever really die yet, so that people's sadness is, isn't equated to the, such a level that it's dysfunctional uh, I want them to, to really really believe that we do go somewhere else and that uh, science now can is starting to try to explain that and you know we have we have some evidence, definitely a lot of anecdotal evidence, thousands and thousands of people from different walks of life, different religions, name it, uh, saying basically the same thing. And yeah. it's, a, it's a very loving, uh, unconditional uh, love, forgiveness, non-condemning feeling and, and uh, experiences that they're having. Mm -hmm. So grief isn't necessarily supposed to be a part of this dying process. You know, have you ever heard of Apollonius of Tyana? 
No, I have not. One of the Greek sages. One of the Greek sages oh. that was uh, here around the same time that Jesus was, and he was very much as great a man as uh, Jesus was, was, did many things similar to him. And he wrote a letter to the governor, governor Valerius uh, after the death of his son, and Apollonius said, if I could be with you, I would persuade you not to mourn. Yep. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah, there's read read it. Oh, it's pretty long, but he says. I, I, yeah, I would love for you to send me an email of that and uh, or to connect with that. I'd love that. I'd love to put that in my next book. Absolutely. So he says, no one ever dies; they only appear to. Just as no one is actually born, they only appear to enter this world. When consciousness shifts from spirit into matter, we say a soul has come into existence. And when it shifts from matter to spirit, we say a soul has passed out of existence. In reality, our divine essence is never born and is never destroyed. It is a mistake to claim that because a person can be seen by our eyes, he exists, but when he can be no longer grasped by our physical senses, he no longer exists. People do not understand that although a child is brought into the world by its parents, he is not created by his parents. It is God alone who exists, taking on the names and forms of individual beings. Some people weep when God withdraws from a form back into his own eternal essence, although God has only changed his place, not his nature. Truly, we should not lament another's death, but honor it. And the most perfect way to honor your son's passing is to release him to God and to continue to rule as you did before over the people entrusted to your care. That man is most fit to govern others who has first governed himself. You must master your grief. What piety is there in weeping over events ordained by God? If divine will is at the root of the world, and it is, then a just man will not despise God's blessing, blessings, but accept that everything that happens, happens for the best. Go forward then and heal yourself, rule justly, and console the unfortunate. It is not your purpose on earth to sit and weep, but to wipe away the tears of others. You are the governor of fifty cities and the noblest of Romans. If I could be with you, I would persuade you not to mourn. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts, with sound answers to life's tough questions. Uh, don't forget to catch us Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. Our guest today is Dr. John Lerma, Into the Light, who spends time with hospice folks who are on their deathbed you know Charmaine and I are just sitting here you know we're, we're thinking now how are we going to do this uh, show with Johnny Lerma and, uh-huh. <laughs> and we talk about this one little introductory subject and both of our little minds are like somebody put a little uh, ca- ca- intel- intelligent card in both of our heads go over to the book and you know it's like we want to read the same chapter thing there <laughs> well you know and, and that is sort of incredible because it I was just uh, meeting with a couple of people who lost their son uh, not too long ago, and I was telling them about a recent patient I had that was talking about exactly what you're talking about, uh, what this person was talking about. And uh, 
uh, essentially enlightenment and uh, not that energy, you know, just changes form. It's always existed. Basically, yeah. what Einstein has said. <clears throat> and uh, but what what really it just I, I got goosebumps when you were talking about this because it confirmed what this lady was saying, and that was. That not to mourn. That's what she was telling me to tell people. Um, <clears throat> that uh, they're they're just shifting and uh, it's going definitely to a much better place. <laughs> uh, but they're continually changing. And the other thing is that uh, um, about free will and about uh, the message during around Jesus' time. And she went through. The angels came to her and explained uh, the process and the life of Mary. The process. Uh, during which Mary Magdalene lived around Jesus and and what she was really teaching and what it was that Jesus told her when he appeared to her. And and that's really, you can't find that anywhere and that the Vatican, uh, she said, won't tell us, won't tell us, but it's really what it, the message is. It's enlightenment. He told her that the men couldn't really handle it, they were fearful, uh, <clears throat> that what's in a woman's soul, it, you know, as women, we know women just, really bear a lot of pain in this world. Not to say men don't, but women just know ahead of time what's going to happen. They're thinking 20 steps ahead. They have to worry about the family. Uh, they're, they're the people you can really, truly trust to, to keep something together, a family, uh, a city, a government. Yeah. And, and, uh, and that's why Jesus formed his bond with her and trusted her. And so when he appeared to her, he says, I know you're not going to be scared. All these, all the apostles were scared, thinking, oh, my God, our leader is dead and died in a, a horrific way. We're next. So they, they hid for a while. Mary Magdalene didn't. She went out looking for his body with the Mother Mary and Sarah Mee. And uh, so this lady's saying, Jesus came to her. He said, I trust you to, to handle this and to be patient with them, uh, but tell them the message and so when she went back she told them the message is about individual enlightenment well that really angered uh this lady saying that the angels telling her, it really angered the uh apostles uh because <clears throat> that was the first time he first of all he didn't tell them <laughs> and he says why are you more important yeah, and yeah. uh they were questioning all this and and it wasn't really that uh it, no it was who had the better door open Absolutely. She was just in a better place. She knew not, she knew that he was going to be alive all along, that, uh, yes, it was horrific and, and difficult to watch his death as it is for me to watch my patients. But I know that they're, you know, I'm comforted by the fact knowing that they are going to survive, that they are moving right. still. Through and, the door. Uh, that this thing will end. And that's the way with, uh, Mary Magdalene, so he told her. Because it's individual enlightenment and it's it, the big deal. And, and they didn't like that because it was, remember back then, you know, it was hard to control the masses and they wanted to control people and uh, they didn't have the internet and the laws and, and uh, just name a TV to get messages out and, uh, and fear out and so forth. And so when someone said individual enlightenment, that sort of puts you at a, it empowered a single person. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it empowered each person, and and once you're empowered, it's like how are you can control that person. That's right. So there. so it's our it's what we do. It's how we strive and how we purify ourselves and ever upgrade. That's what gets us to a higher place 
in 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 our soul in eternity in heaven, not what religion we belong to. Absolutely, and and that this lady when she was telling me, it just was resonating in every fiber of my being. Right, it nice. So much sense, and he's going, you know, don't don't revere my death and my resurrection. Don't be thinking that totally all the time. Think about what it what I was here for. I was here to teach you about self alignment. Get to love who you are. Get to understand who you are first. That's what this message this guy was saying, this gentleman and, and what you just read. Get to know who you are. Yeah. Love yourself. Self-forgive, self-love. And once you can do that, then you can go out and, and start uh, cleansing the tears or, or yeah. healing people and so forth. And that was the message. And obviously, it was around the same time period, so... I'm sure they were talking to each other. You (laughs) You know, know? it's kind of interesting, Johnny, around the time that uh, Mel Gibson, who, you know, has a really good heart, but Uh he was putting together the movie The Passion. That's right. You know, I was reading in, uh, like, Newsweek or Time or one of those, a little clip about some of the mishaps that happened on the set of The Passion. Uh-huh. And Jesus came to me and stood right in front of me. We, you know, this was at like within the first year of our having the radio show. Okay. And Jesus came to me and he said to me, please tell people that it isn't about the, uh, crucifixion. That isn't what's important. What's important is the message. Not the messenger, Amen. but the message. Yes, and he, you know, Amen. he said, um, he said, Mel Gibson, um, has a good heart, but he's he's going down the wrong path, and tell right. people that that isn't the big deal. With a great deal of passion. Yeah, but he's not sure that. Not what's that? I'm sorry. Go ahead. He's he, he a great deal of passion, but you know, misdirected a bit. Yeah. We need and to take uh, we need to take a break. We'll we'll be right back. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts helping humanity wake up one show at a time. We do this Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. Uh, we have with us today Dr. John Lerma. He's written Into the Light, real-life stories about angelic visits, visions of the afterlife, and other pre-death experiences. More great conversations. Stay with us. Welcome back. Thank you very, very much for staying with us. We're talking today with Dr. John Lerma, author of Into the Light. So, Johnny, you've been around uh, people on their deathbed right when they're making contact with the other realm. Do you find that the other realm, where they're going to, somehow talks into the same language or the same consciousness, the same culture, the same religion, the same unique situations that the the patient or the uh, dying hospice person is in. Yes, what's what's familiar uh, is, is definitely what they're seeing, uh, what they're sensing, the messages uh, per se of love and forgiveness. What's varying and varies from person to person is how that mes- message is delivered to them, how the life review occurs, and uh, for example, uh, you know. Uh, God will come into, you know, it's a very fearful state for most people who aren't ready, and most people aren't ready to die. You know, we don't talk about it. We're not educated about it. 
so when it finally comes, it's like, oh my God, what am I going to do? They've got so many things to review. And then they finally see an entity that comes around four weeks right before you die. Yeah. Uh, they don't know they're, because they have, we're just finding this out and including doctors, but now I'm telling my patients, when you see an entity, I mean, can you imagine a doctor telling you this? <laughs> and, uh, I mean, uh, when you finally see an entity, you're going to see one in about four weeks, you talk to him and you invite him in because it's, 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 it's very important. It's part of the free will thing. Uh, and once you do that, it's very respected, uh, with the entities on the other side. Uh, they don't want to come in and bust in, in our area unless we invite them. So they and usually so, come about four weeks before the person dies? Ab- ab- absolutely. Right at about, right. And, and probably in the 30,000 patients that I, uh, reviewed and studied, uh, I would say it was around almost two, sometimes around four weeks, maybe five or six weeks, but 90% of the time about four weeks. And okay. it would be one person lasting about three or four seconds. Uh, it's an entity people call them angels, but when they described them, they weren't necessarily winged angels. They were just light beings. Exactly. Uh, yeah. That that were shaped uh, in, in a human form. Right. Very beautiful. We, we, we relate mostly to uh, spirit guides, which there's a few angels around in our world, but uh, most of them look like humanoids just uh, once removed to a finer plane kind of thing. Absolutely, and, and and it's really you know when I'm hearing the Jewish person telling me the same thing that the Muslims seeing, the same thing the atheists are seeing. Huh? <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> going, hey, I'm observing, I'm observing something, and uh, that as a scientist, I just can't put away. And right. uh, you know, that's the first thing I've got to come up with a theory here because uh, scientists and doctors have felt all along that these are hallucinations. Ouch. And uh, and so that's where a lot of the, with the book, their stories, basically, they're really awesome stories to make people feel good. But it's also imparting some uh, scientific information with theories uh, about what I think it is. And definitely, I mean, there's no doubt there there is a God. There, there's uh, something much greater going on. And uh, until scientists pick up the fact that they've got to open up their hearts or get to know their spiritual self, they're not going to get the answer. Well, you know, I noticed I was reading uh, the story about Leon today, and I noticed in there that that Leon was talking about how spirituality and science indeed is supposed to come together and get married instead of being on opposing sides. Totally true. And and many of my patients are, are just affirming that. And it is starting to occur. Yeah. Uh, it, it is starting to occur. And, uh, of course, personalities, you know, a lot of scientists are very black and white. And it's just a personality trait. But all personalities, it doesn't matter whether you're black and white, real sensitive, uh, obsessive, compulsive. It doesn't matter. You're, we're all have the kingdom of God within us. And we're all give, we all have that ability to search within us to find that peace. And you, that answer, and when you bring it together, it'll all make sense. And that's what these people are telling. Yeah, you mean that if you're gay, you're not going to hell automatically? Oh my God! <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Leon, huh? I, I, he was, oh my God! He I was know. so he, lost with that. Oh my gosh! And was that not like? His story was incredible. I mean, it, yeah, it was. It was an amazing story, and 
You know, we notice that being gay is probably a lesson that ultimately you want to come out and balance. But but Leon went from they're all going to hell to they're all perfect. Absolutely, and he learned that on his deathbed. Yes, uh, he could have. Of course, God's got everything working in perfection. Uh, I think because of his story, I know I've gotten just literally thousands of emails and uh, the people shifting, yes. changing, opening their spirit. And I've got like I've, your show, and I've got to take a break. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmy Amber. Our guest, John Lerma, into the light. Stay with us. Welcome back to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmy Amber. Thank you for staying with us. Our guest today, Dr. John Lerma, author of Into the Light. You know the beautiful colors of the multicolored rainbow, all kinds of just beautiful colors, but if you only see things black and white, you become colorblind, and life seems dull and flat as compared to bright and beautiful. That's so true. Another thing, um, enlightenment, I think, joins the left and right brain and the scientific and spiritual or scientific and artistic realms, and it joins it as one whole joining. You know, so like your brain's thinking all, it's thinking and feeling the whole connection instead of just one out in one end of the deal or out in the other end. Yeah, and you know, Keith, uh, interesting you say that, uh, I'm not sure we talked about this last time, but we did a just a brief study on the patient who was hallucinating versus having these uh, visions or nonlinear conscious awareness, and uh, and so the ones that were having hallucinations, you know, the PET scans basically it's uh, they pick up where blood flow is going to different parts of the body, but we concentrated on the brain. Okay, and uh, and then. When they were having the hallucinations, which are very clearly defined as a confused period, people don't know who they are, uh, they're trying to usually just pulling their clothes off. Uh, when they, there's usually a, a, a very clear reason for that other than the disease. It could be an infection or low oxygen. So treating it will usually bring them out of that. And uh, when they're cut out of that, they won't recall it. So the PET scan, uh, we, we weren't really sure what we were going to see, but it showed that it was lighting up in very in a very piecemeal fashion, just little areas here and there, and the parietal lobe, temporal lobe, so uh, just scattered all over, uh, just real haphazardly, if you will. And we finally got the person. The whole thing was to get the person down there before it was over, okay? <laughs> before the the episodes were over, because some of these visions only last seconds. Right. Uh, of course, towards the end, they're there. Now I know that they're there. All day, usually days before, they're, the angels never leave. Um, and so these people, we got them down there, and guess what? The whole brain was lit. <laughs> okay. Uh, and so I, I started going. Okay, I can sort of figure out now if the person, if they haven't been enlightened yet, at what point they will be enlightened <laughs> by the PET scan. If, the, if it's showing that all of the the left lobe or in the right, you know, hemisphere are bright, then they're using all their, their brain to, yeah. to experience these visions, and they are. And it's really incredible. So that's as alive as, as much as anything we experience is alive. Yeah, and, and there's science now explaining what you just said. It, it, it literally, <laughs> it is bringing 
literally the energy, the neurons, everything, the blood flow is going everywhere and firing at the same time. And, uh, and I guess it goes, goes to prove, uh, something about that, that we only use less than 10% of our brain at any one time to yep. do anything. And really, uh, you know, and it's like, okay, what do we use? Science has been played with, or asked this question. What happens if you use all your 100%? Boy. Well, well, we're doing it at the end of our lives. Now, the thing is, you can extrapolate that backwards and say, well, can we do that now? Do we have to wait till it's our deathbed? And, yeah, uh, that's the question. <laughs> absolutely. And we know, uh, you know, I guess now that I'm, I'm doing more and more reading and opening my, my mind more to all of this, you know, the, there are people who are enlightened out there, the, you know, uh, people in the Buddhist community and in Christians anywhere. Uh, and I'd love to, to eventually one day get them in a PET scanner and <laughs> see what their brains are doing. Sure. Uh, you know, it, it, stuff like that, it, I, I already believe. I've seen so much stuff already. It, I don't have a problem needing more scientific proof. But I think people out there do need that. And, and that's why I wanted to offer that right now. People who are listening, um, that are questioning this and saying, is it all just the brain? Yes, it's the brain. But the brain is God. It's like you said, spirit is turned into matter. And then the, the matter, you know, goes back into the spirit form. And, uh, and just because you can explain it, Keith, and, and Charmaine, does not mean that God does not exist, and I know that now. Boy, fact, isn't that the truth? It, it, in fact, because you can explain it, uh, it, it does mean that there is a God. It means that there is some kind of rhyme and reason that the DNA, which we know now, is plagued with so much information. It's not even made-up information as it goes. It's been, we know now that it has it placed in there at when we were when it was born or when it was created right and, and it's just it, it's just the more science scientists look the more they're going okay there there's probably a, and they call it a supreme intelligence being you think and so <laughs> yeah and so that's what they're saying now there's there's something intelligent behind it and and you know, hey, I'm happy that they've come that far, at least. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts with sound answers to life's tough questions. Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. Our guest today is Dr. John Lerma, who's written the book Into the Light, who spends his life with folks who are getting ready to go home. You know, we've had a few interesting phone calls over here, and Charmay, before we met, had even more interesting phone calls. You have a chapter in your book called The Phone Call. You want to talk about that? Oh, that's a great, that's a great story. Uh, yeah, it basically, it's an EVP. I guess as people would, uh, relate to that, that, uh, what is it, electric, electronic voice phenomenon? Yeah. And, uh, yes. it basically, uh, Someone comes, you know, answering, giving a message from the other side, and this time it was the patient. And basically, what it was, it was a just a a, a lady, an elderly lady, passing away. It was her time, and uh, her son uh, never married, just there, just very close. Uh, long story short, really, he she ends up dying when he's not there, and uh, and as most people do, uh, at least eighty percent will wait till people step out, and people that stay in the room and want to be there, they they feel, I've got to stay there. All they're doing is they're prolonging their person's life. they got to 
move on and move on. This is the little point I wanted to make as before I go on. That's a really and good the, point to make. That's really important. The, the intuition will tell you which way to play it. Too. Yeah, people need to learn how to let go and let people go home. Yes, and and it's like, well, why do they wait? And, and a lot of it is, it's not that they're gonna they're gasping or it's a horrific sight. It's not that. It's that at the moment of the death, the family member who is not ready will usually do something to either keep the soul or bring the soul back. And I've seen that, Keith and Sonny. I have seen a person die, and uh, 20 minutes later, the person walks back in who hasn't given the closure and will start pushing, you know, grabbing the person. You can't go. You can't go. Uh, screaming out, you got to come in. I see this person come back to life only to die uh, a few hours later again. You know, and I, oh. and again, the person brings them back, and this has gone on like can go on two or three or four times. Yeah. That's pretty selfish. Oh my God, it, it is selfish. <laughs> and uh, but you know what? Here's here here's the thing. It, it that's why we programs like yours are so important. It's about educating both sides. Yeah. Uh, you know, as much as the person that didn't want to let him go, the person dying also didn't do a good job. Because maybe they didn't learn, they didn't listen, they didn't have the opportunity, whatever it was. So it takes two people, and uh, uh, so you know things happen in perfection. Yeah, and, <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, they do. If you find, if you really are hearing the voice of, of reason and of God, and you know the enlightenment feeling, go for it. You know, start teaching, start talking about it. Don't don't be scared. Uh, in fact, things so. will work out better in your life people fear that it's a subject of ridicule it's not uh I, my life has just opened up so much more and so much better since i've done that in the medical community uh yes you know i was chastised initially now everybody's opening up sure you know i find it a little bit not so when um people are dying and the people around them the people that are dying are trying to get closure on something and the people around them say oh no 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 just just rest and don't use your energy that way and i'm thinking oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like let them talk get it off their system I mean, that's exactly the kind of closure you're talking about that these people are needing oh gosh it's exactly and see it happens so often that it's, <laughs> you give the exact scenario, almost exactly, and I see that four or five times a day, oh. and uh, and I give the message four or five times a day. You've <laughs> got to let them tell you what's going on, and I tell them stories, and eventually they'll understand, but uh, I'm thinking, you know, it, it's time to get this on a wider scale. We've got to get this on curriculum in school. Sure. We've got to get people ready for this, not wait right. till the very end. Yep. Let's, let's start using the end to learn. You know, it's like, like I'm sitting there with them and I'm thinking, wow, <clears throat> I can ask them anything. And uh, hopefully the angel will give information, which they have, and which is helping me become a better person to give messages out to the world. Sure. That's going to make this a better place. And that's what I'm wanting people to use that period of time for you know the other the other thing is a lot of times what's happening is the the uh people that are there with the dying one the the raw emotions of the incomplete stuff is so uncomfortable that they're afraid to go into it they're afraid to feel those feelings to cry and that's what they need to they need to get comfortable 
feeling those emotions so that everybody can find a place of closure. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts helping humanity wake up one show at a time, Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. Our guest today, Dr. John Lerma, Into the Light. So don't you find that true? People are afraid of the emotions and, and you know that's what causes them to block it and then of course they don't want them to die because they're not finished but they don't somehow know how to do that yeah, yeah it, it, it certainly is that it's, it's all like everything in, especially in the United States it's fear based uh, you know stay young don't it don't isn't just in death. the United States let me tell you there's fear all over the place yeah and you're right and and uh, but there's some areas in other areas uh, areas of the world that are uh, at least more open, like like uh, in Europe, they at least talk about it, hospice has existed there a long time. Here in the United States, they didn't want to bring it in until the, till the mid-80s, uh, and the only reason for that is because AIDS was a huge thing then, and people were just dying left and right, and they needed to put these people in a place where they were to make be made comfortable, right. and so, uh, but yeah, the, it, it is, just to go back, it is the fear of that emotion but what I've gotten from a lot of people it's also fear their own fear of dying it, when they're seeing someone dying they, yeah they're, they're, they don't want to talk about it especially men especially men you'll see men come in and out of the room <laughs> <laughs> where the women stay there day and night okay? <laughs> they're going I don't want to know about this I don't want to know I'm going to die I've seen some big husky football players come in, come out after watching their wife have a baby and just faint flat on the floor. <laughs> you know, she's holding the baby just, you know, after all that, just in her, like her paradise kind of thing, and he comes out just in the clump. <laughs> oh, you know, isn't that so true? It's, it's that, that old, you know, that like that old story, David and Goliath, you know, it's, you know, women, it's like when God said, you know, uh, what's happened? And he, the, the apostles go, well, is it there? Is it this big? Is it that big? And Jesus goes, no, I tell you, it's the size of a mustard seed. And and it's about, it's just because we see something big and strong, it's usually not that. <laughs> they usually, it's always what you're seeing, there's going to have to be something opposite to balance that bigness or that, that, that power. Yeah. Uh, when you see a small woman... And with a bunch of children, she's not weak. <laughs> she looks small, so something's really big and powerful in her. And I'm telling you, she is powerful to take care of those five children. Yeah, and and powerful in her spirit, powerful in her love, and so forth. And uh, but people, men, especially men, fear fear death. Uh, they, they really, really, really do. And uh, the women that it's rare that women do really. Uh, but I. At least the ones I've talked to. I think childbirth uh, prepares women a lot more, and men don't have something like childbirth as much. Oh gosh, uh, I had a lady who uh, who had just gotten had gotten pregnant, or she had a baby and uh, had cancer all through throughout her pregnancy, and died like a month after that. Wow. Uh, she said that death was was easier. Yeah. She said the yeah. dying process was easier than having going through the pain, the suffering, uh, the emotions of uh, the pregnancy. You, you, know, uh, you know, worrying if your baby was going to survive or not. Yeah, yeah. 
this other way. She knew, hey, I'm going, I'm going home. I know my baby's going to be fine. Uh, and so it, it is incredible. And it's not that uh, women are, are more important because everyone's important. It's just a different role they play. That's right. Uh, I obviously chose to be a man. I, I don't think I had it in me to, to, <laughs> to go through all of that. <laughs> and uh, I, re- I tell you what, I give women, I just, I, I love women and I love and I respect them so much. And I wish that the church would come out and talk more about the way women do in this world. And, yep. uh, you know, and, and I, and I hope one day that, uh, we do have, uh, the right person that will be a woman in our, as our leadership in our world and as president or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, we can I, get I, the I, right one. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, you know, and, and it will happen. And, and it will happen. Why not? Think, uh, they're going to teach us a lot, the enlightenment stuff. Uh, I so, noticed you know, I noticed that your patient, Leon, thought that women were supposed to be possessions, and the uh, guides came to him and said, you women are your equal, bucko, and he went, oh, my God, I had no idea. Uh, uh, yeah, and that was, you know, the, the Leon, uh, just, and uh, he was a minister, by the way. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I won't say exactly what kind, but he was a minister. Smoking. Uh, he was a smoking minister. Fire and yeah. pole. And, and he had lost his way. Yeah. The, hey, we, you know, we need to I take been, we need to take a break. Hang on. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts, with sound answers to life's tough questions Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern on CRN. Our guest today, Dr. John Lerma, into the light. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back. Thanks for staying with us. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber. Our guest today, Dr. John Lerma, Into the Light. So uh, you were talking about um, how important it is to honor women as equals. Absolutely. <laughs> and we are talking about Leon, the minister. <laughs> yeah, boy. He sure was a lost... <laughs> he was sure a lost dude, wasn't he? Oh, my God. And he... You know, but he uh, served as a good example. Sure uh, did. In my book. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of people have read it and, and really have been touched by it. And, uh, you know, he just followed, you know, as a minister, he, uh, just, you know, real quick, Thanasis wanted to uh, continue preaching and stand here in the, you know, in the Bible Belt and uh, had to marry the right woman, although he was in love with someone else, and he married what he thought would be good in the eyes of the uh, his church followers, or basically it was by his eyes. And it was it was the worst thing he did. He had children and never really spent time with them. Never really uh, loved them. No, and didn't love himself. And didn't like, love like, his wife. Yes, and uh, you know, since he didn't love himself, how could he love anything? That's anything right. Else? Well, that's, and, uh, that's where you get the fire and brimstone going is because there's still part of you that you're preaching to to get its act together, you know, and so you preach it out to others, too. You know, you're so right, Keith, and, and one of the things he told me at the end, or I told him, rather, he, I said, you know what, this is probably your best sermon ever, and that's when he was telling me, opening really up about all of this, what he had learned and how wrong he was about what he did however he just wanted me to tell 
tell me to tell people how much how incredibly loving God was and forgiving he was hmm. that he he showed him this and he gave him a chance to uh, get it right and he did yeah uh, and uh, although he suffered the consequences of not living this beautiful life uh, without his true love how did his uh, family respond to his uh, transformation at the very end they they had always obviously felt uh you know, the lack of love, and I think it was really tough for them initially. I followed up with them since, and uh, they were really, they really feel good about at least having that closure. So, you know, like my patients say, you know, the patients do need closure. However, many of them tell me, if not most, uh, that the closure is really for the ones that are staying back. Yes. So this family in particular he was able to tell him why uh, he did what he did, um, and that at the end he really loved them. Yeah. Uh, he, he really saw them for who they were. They were souls. They were a God, you know, within us and, uh, and ourselves. Cl- and, uh, you know, so that was just beautiful to them, and they're doing good now. Closure goes both ways, and, you know, like you're saying, a lot of times it's where the people stay in more, but not always. That, that's right. And, uh, but I tell you what, that it, it, it's so common, Keith, this, this need for closure. And I think people who are listening, uh, I always talk to families who bring in their patients and I, and I ask them, have y'all heard these kind of stories? Y'all heard your mom who passed away or she told you of somebody, uh, you know, this unwritten rules of, of what to do when you're dying to give closure. And they go, absolutely. Well, why aren't you doing that? <laughs> you know, we're, we're so I, sort of, I sort of set them up, you know, because if I tell them you got to do this, well, oh, that's you know, great, you know. And uh, we're, we're we're out of time for the first hour. Uh, Doctor John Lerma has agreed to join us next hour with more of these fascinating stories and enlightened uh, pieces of information. The book is Into the Light. You have a website, uh, John? Yes, it's uh, Doctor John, like Dr. And then J-O-H-N, John Lerma, L-E-R-M-A dot com. Perfect. And uh, they can go through there to see, uh, you know, what I'm doing, where I'm speaking. And if they can order through Amazon, it's probably the least expensive place you can get the book. But you can go through their website. Into the Light. And we'll talk with you next hour. And for those of you listening, thank you very much for opening your hearts and your minds to us. We really appreciate it. Now, come on. You can do it. Stretch into the greater you.